Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. That doesn't happen or occur, amen, today. If you'll turn your attention this morning to the book of Judges, chapter number 15, the book of Judges, chapter number 15 today, amen, we'll look at the word of the Lord, see what the word of the Lord will say to us here today, amen, in the house of the Lord, amen, continue to pray for those that are ill, amen, be wise with that in your own families, amen, this, this winter season and sick season, whatever it may be, be wise with that, amen, with people of your household. We'll try to keep it at bay. I know the people who clean the church, they come in here almost like in uh, chemical uh, warfare condition, and they spray and they rub and they, <laughs> they just take it out on all of the, the germs around uh, this time of year. Judges 15, I want to begin with verse, verse number 9 this morning. The word of the Lord says this, Then the Philistines went up and pitched in Judah and spread themselves in Lehi, the men of Judah said, Why are ye come up against us? And they answered, To bind Samson. We are come up to do to him as he hath done to us. Then three thousand men of Judah went to the top of the rock of Etam and said to Samson, Knowest thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us? What is this that thou hast done unto us? And he said unto them, As they did unto me, so have I done unto them. They said unto him, We are come down to bind thee, that we may deliver thee into the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said unto them, Swear unto me that you will not fall upon me yourselves. In other words, swear that you won't attempt to kill me yourselves. They said, No, we're just going to bind you. And they spake unto him, saying, No, but we will bind thee fast, deliver thee into their hand. But surely we will not kill thee. And they bound him with two new cords and brought him up from the rock. Amen. This morning for a little while, with the help of the Lord, I'd like to minister this. Don't bind the hand that can deliver you. Don't bind the hand that can deliver you. Let's ask the Lord to help us today. Lord Jesus, I need you this morning. We're grateful, Lord, for another time to be here. God, I need Jesus, your anointing today, Jesus, in this place. Not just upon me, but God, each and every individual, Lord, in this place today. Every mind and every heart, Lord. God, release you, Jesus, to do what you would desire to do. I pray, O oh Lord, walk among us and among, Lord Jesus, the aisles, the Lord, of this church. I pray, O oh Lord, God, that we put our shoulder, Lord God, forward to, Lord, do the work, God, that you would have for us to do. God, we stand, Lord, as an oracle of God that you could speak and minister, God, through in some measure, Father, in some way. God, we'll be grateful, Lord, unto you for what you accomplish in this place. The lovely name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen and amen. And the church say amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. The lovely name of the Lord. Don't bind. Don't bind the hand that can deliver you. Don't bind the hand that can deliver you. An old idiom that we have here in America that many of us probably have all times used is don't bite the hand that feeds you. Meaning that 
whenever you have come to a place of dependency upon another or depend upon another in some regard that you should not by no means bite that hand or should push that individual or that person out of your life or mistreat them in any form or fashion being that is a tributary that feeds into your life. Someone or something, an institution maybe perhaps that you depend upon. So don't bite the hand that feeds you. In other words, it's telling us it is quite absurd for us to even consider that we would cut off a means of supply into our lives or a means of something that we are dependent on in our lives. Yet, as we know today, people do just that. People take for granted for those things that they are dependent upon or that they have great confidence in that's helped them to get to their particular places in life that they may currently be. They got them there and yet they want to cut them off sometimes having been a very mode by which they arrived where they arrive at today. Yet, as it would be with humanity, we do some stupid things sometimes and we bite the hands that feed us. Whenever we consider the nation of Israel and God's people all throughout the scripture, they would do some very similar things of biting the hands, so to speak, that fed them or hands that they depended on. Who would have ever thought that after the children of Israel would have spent 400, 430 years in Egyptian bondage, under hard taskmasters, all the time being slaves as it were to the Egyptian power of that day, making his buildings and making his sphinx and making all of the different things that they would make that whenever God would come through the man Moses and help deliver them and free them, who would have thought that it would just be a few days journey into the wilderness until they would start talking about how they longed to be back in Egypt how they would long to be back there in that place. It seems, have you so soon forgotten the stripes that have been laid upon your back? Have you forgotten the rigor of the labor that you were involved with? But I believe that somewhere in the personality of Israel was this. They had learned how to make peace with their adversary. They had learned how to settle in their laurels, so to speak, with all of the punishment. There was a sense that if we can just get along with our adversary, we can have a sense of peace, a sense, if you will, of normalcy of life. And they were thinking, we're here in the wilderness, we're facing times now of lack of water. And we're facing times now of lack in food. At least we had those type of things back in Egypt. And we, if we just had the peace they were so blinded if we just had the peace of Egypt all over again if we could get us a captain and rally around him and take us back to that place that would be wonderful how in the world do you begin to even ponder things like that that's had your parents and your grandparents for the generation of their lives held in captivity and in bondage and work and rigor to think that you've been let out of that, delivered out of that, and yet have a heart that's longing and yearning to go back to what they were desiring to get out of. It just does not make sense to me at all. And yet we see some of the same thing happen over and over again. We understand in Scripture as the cycle for the children of Israel would be that they would go through that cycle and I've said it many times and I'll say it many times more until I die through the cycle of being devoted to God 
less devoted to God, an oppressor comes in sent by the hand of the Lord to try to trouble them so that they would what? Get uncomfortable hopefully and cry out to God and then God would send a deliverer whether it was Moses at Egypt or whether it was all the judges through about the 140 or 430 years of the judges to deliver them and then everything is well only for them to what? Turn around and forget the hand that delivered them. Turn around and forget the one that made a provision when there was no provision, spared their life when imminent death was right there upon their shoulders. That just continues over and over through the judges. It continues even where the children of Israel, the Bible says, the kingdoms are split. One is taken away to the captivity of Assyria. Another is taken away to the captivity of Babylon. And the Bible tells us for 70 long years they are there in captivity. For 70 long years they are, they are separated from their home. They're separated from their tabernacle. They're separated from the land they knew. They loved their crops everything that was familiar to them and the Bible tells us that the Lord would move upon the heart of a king by the name of Cyrus and says I'm opening up the door for you all to go back home to your land, to your country and to your people and while there was a great number that returned there was still even a greater number that stayed stayed in their captivity, stayed in their bondage, stayed being estranged from their land. How in the world do you do that? You do that when you make peace with your enemy. You do that by making peace with your enemy, thinking that I'm not gonna go back. It might be, it's gonna be troublesome to try to get back. I'll just go on and try to live at peace with what I was never to be living at peace with. I'll just be content where I was never to be content with. I'll just stay right here and I'll just occupy my own in the land that God never intended for me to always dwell in or the people that are born from our womb. I'll just stay right here. It baffles me today. It baffles me today that we can come content and comfortable with places that God never ordained to be a place of permanence for his people. And the way that we do that is that we start being at peace with our adversary. We start being at peace with our enemy. We understand the scripture in Judges 15. Samson was one of the many judges that was ordained of God that was brought up at the proper, proper time to be a deliverer for the nation of Israel. They had once again fell under the oppression of a nation. They had fell under the oppression of the Philistines and they were very hard upon them, always seeking to steal their crop and seeking to take their women and their children and their livestock. And so was the life of being an Israelite always having shifting eyes, wondering where the next attack was going to come, wondering where the next war was going to just come upon the horizon, living in fear, living in oppression. But God sent a deliverer. The Bible says that would begin to deliver the children of Israel from their bondage, from this adversary, from this oppressor. The Bible says that Samson goes forth. He does great exploits. The Spirit of God moves upon him on sundry times and he does some very great things for the nation of Israel. He is fighting against the Philistines. He's putting a thumb of pressure upon their life. Now, instead of Israel cowering in a corner, the Philistines are a little bewildered by this deliverer, a little bewildered by this man that has been sent to be the one that sets their people free. But the Bible says... 
after one of his occurrences of burning a field with foxes and brands between their tails after taking some garments and killing some men the Bible says that Samson goes over to a little place a cave of Edom he dwells there he's alone he's by himself nobody else is around and the Philistines note you the enemy of Israel comes to Judah a tribe of Judah of the nation of Israel and they say Judah we are here for this purpose and notice that Judah even asked enemy why are you here they said we are here because we want to take Samson and we want to eliminate him we want to kill him we want to destroy him we want to put him away and the ones that should have been linking arm in arm with Samson the ones that should have been standing by him that said we're in a league together with him said I'll tell you what adversary we'll go up and we'll have a conversation with Samson Understand the odds that are here right now. The Bible seems to portray that there was about a thousand Philistines and there were 3,000 tribe of Judah. The odds are greatly stacked against the adversary, not to mention that Samson. I mean, he could probably stand for 3,000 himself. Samson was along with them. But as it were, they went and found Samson there in the cave of Edom. And they speak to Samson. And they basically tell him, Samson, what have you done? Notice the phrase, to us. Samson had been warring against their adversary. Samson had been warring against the one that had troubled them. But Judah is at this moment just so blinded about where they are positionally themselves. But they say, Samson, you're not fighting for us. You're fighting even against us. The reason why they assumed that mentality because they were more at peace with their adversary than they were their deliverer. They said it feels like we're being warred against. The only way that you feel like you're being warred against when God's trying to fight for you is if you've made peace with your adversary. If you've got content with the way that things are. If you settled in your laws in the way that things are happening. That's the only way that you can feel so God is against you if you've made a contract with your adversary. He said, we come, what, what have you done? What have you done to us, Samson? Why are you here? Uh, we're being taken advantage of. He said, well, I just did to them what they were doing to us. I just was going to teach them a lesson. Hey, Amen. I was just going to teach them a lesson. They say, Samson, look what they say. They say, Samson, don't you know that the Philistines are rulers over us? I can imagine for a moment him having to check. What did you say? What is it that you just said? Don't you know that the Philistines are rulers? Oh, what did you say? Are you telling me you're pledging your allegiance to your adversary? You're pledging your allegiance to your enemy? You're telling me you'd rather stay right here, amen, in shackles right here, bound right here in captivity, rather than be delivered? Don't you know that they are rulers over is us what have you done to us and here's what they said to him note it now they said Samson consider who they're talking to Samson we who are supposed to be your comrades we who are supposed to be fighting on the same side 
toward the same direction, toward the same go. In verse 12, they said, we have come down here to this cave to where you are. You're the only threat that we got to our adversary. You're the only threat that we have to our adversary, but we're coming down to where you are and we've come to bind you. What are you saying, Judah? We're gonna bind the only thing that's a threat to our adversary. We're gonna bind the very hand that God said he had sent to be our deliverance. Do you understand what you're saying, Judah? Do you understand what kind of reasoning you got going on? You're telling me you're gonna bind the hand that has the capability of delivering No, somebody's got to hear me today because right now in our very own lives, we walk into circumstances of our life and you know where we're at? We're at a place that we'd rather bind the hand that can deliver us and be content where we are, what we're doing, what we're contending with than to have any victory. We'd rather stay right here. How is that possible? Because you're starting to make some peace with your adversary. You're starting to feel comfortable right where you're at. That's not the divine will of God. He sent a deliverer through his son Christ Jesus. Don't you dare try to to bind the hand that is trying to deliver you. You need to somehow give yourself over to that divine power. Because we get comfortable. How? In the beginning it wasn't so comfortable. But it becomes comfortable when you know how to coexist with your problem. Frustrating to begin with. But whenever you learn how to live with the discontent. When we do that, we're looking at God and saying, I don't need you to deliver me from this. Because I've learned how to deal with it. And many times dealing with it means living with it, compromising with it allowing it to have its say and its so in our life and just going along with the flow. Someone say amen. Samson's been born to deliver. He's been born to help lift the oppression upon these people that they have had. You know, here's something very interesting that during the time that Samson was a judge, there was no formulating of an army or rallying together of the people. Case in point, for instance, whenever Gideon was a judge, he had quite a sizable army. God whittled it down to 300, but there was still a group of people that were rallying for the cause of deliverance. But in, in Samson's time, nobody's rallying to get out of where they were. Just a long ranger by the name of Samson. For that matter, if you consider this, the only time there is any rallying together of the people is not for their deliverance, but to safeguard their bondage. You know, because the majority rules. Majority rules. Because I, if I can get the majority to be content and the majority just to be satisfied the majority just to take hey you know it's not what it used to be but it don't have to be that we'll just settle back it's a new generation 
But I get the majority to think that thing. God, you just go on and pass by and give us a bless you, Jesus. Because there's no rallying cry that says we're discontent. There's no rallying cry. Everybody's just saying we're okay. It's okay. It's just where we are. It's a different age. It's a new culture. It's just how it's supposed to be in the church in this generation. I beg to differ. His church was set on fire of heaven and she's going to leave set on fire of heaven. We need not to grow discontent and join our voices with the majority. We need to rise and say, God, if you got a deliverer for us, we're going to fan the flame of that cause. Yes. <laughs> you know what Samson says? Samson tells him in so many words. He said, just tell me this. Swearing to me this. That you won't try to kill me. Because if you attempt to do that, you're going to force my hand to do something against you. Swear to me, you're not going to try to kill me. They say, no, we're not going to try. But we will bind you and deliver you into the hands of someone else that will. Many times in the apostolic church overall world thing that's going on today in today's world is not people that try to kill the work and the power of the deliverer among us, but we do try to bind. We're not going to attempt to kill because we know the moment we would attempt to do that, we force the hand of the deliverer against us. He will have to take action. But if we bind and deliver him over to one who has the desire to slay and kill, we'll be better off. There's bondage in the world system today. It's the binding of the blood bought of the one who bought them. It's the binding of the captive binding their deliverer it's the one that they're so dependent upon that they are relinquishing control of into the hands of their competitor their adversary listen to me things were not always as they were at this point in time because when you see Judah entering into the land of promise in Judges chapter 1, and you read from about verse 2 to verse 20, it's Judah that's going up to possess his land. He's taken Simeon along with him. They're going to go in and by the very declaration of the Lord, go in and drive out the inhabitants of Canaan. Mm -hmm. drive out some of these people that were oppressors that didn't believe in the Lord their God and they're going up at once and they are doing war from the height width and breadth of the allotment of land that was given to them and they're fighting for their land they're fighting for their truth they're fighting for the freedom that God said they could have but you just let a few years a few years pass and somewhere along the way they put down the weapons they're not fighting anymore they're just going to go with 
of however anything goes. Whatever our adversary puts upon us, that's okay. We'll just take it. We'll just bow and bend to whatever you want. We don't want no trouble here. We're just going all along with the flow. We're okay. We can still live here and coexist with you and everything will be okay. That was not the mentality of the early Judah. The early Judah would not for a moment said, hey, you're going to have a strong hand over me because my deliverer is greater than that. My God is greater than that. I don't have to get used to what's going on around here. I can take a stand. I can fight. I can somehow do what? Someone say amen. This is a different Judah than what it was years earlier. This is a different Judah. Now listen to me. Just because she changed does not mean there should be an endorsement of the change. Just because they could sit around and say, well, it's not like it used to be. This is different culture. This is a different day. This is 2015. Does not mean any means that they should act any differently concerning less than what they did in 1996. Someone say amen. And so they bound him. They delivered him into the hand of those that desired to kill him. Who in the world would have ever pondered? A man steps in, ordained of God, says, I'm your deliverer. They turn around and say, we'd like to bind you because we're satisfied. We don't want to cause no waves on the water. I'll tell you how peculiar it is. Really, it's been the story of the Bible and this thing called humanity for all time. Because if you consider, you consider the book of Judges, sometimes it's good to take the verses of Scripture and not just pour those verses of Scripture through the chapter or through the book, but pour it through the Bible. Because whenever you consider Samson in the vast plan of the Bible, I know, and we can only go too far, so far with these things of the Old Testament of people being types for other things or types of other individuals that are in to come. The type is always going to be weaker than the actual substance. Understand that well. But in many regards, Samson is a very good type for the man Christ Jesus. Because, note, that he came to a mother and a father who could not naturally have him. His birth was pronounced by an angel. Christ's birth was pronounced by an angel. Uh huh. He came as the deliverer for his people. Christ came for the deliverer of his people. If you want to walk the line a little further, amen. Christ married the church and even branched out beyond the Jew to the Gentile to be his wife. Samson saw a Gentile wife. You start seeing some things here. Whenever you begin to consider this, think about it. Christ came as the deliverer to the Jews, but the Jews found him in a garden with their staves and with their swords. We're not going to kill you right here, but we're going to bind you. 
and turn you over to the hands of the Roman government. Somebody hearing me right now that they can have their way with you. The very one that came for the deliverance, they said we're going to bind the hand of the one that's here to deliver us. Honey, it's been the story of the Bible, even up in the New Testament, through the Jews, that they were even binding the hand that was sent to deliver them because they had become comfortable. They want to just coexist. Whatever the Roman government put upon them, they're going to bow, they're going to bend, and we're just going to learn how to live right here where we're at. It's not, it's not, it's not the will of God for us to come to a place and just learn how to live in captivity or learn how to live in bondage or learn how to live under the pressure and under the control. It's not the will of God. It's not the will of God. It's a good place to do this. I love everybody in this building. You hear me? I love you. But let me during the month of pastor appreciation just do a little bit of pastoring. Is that all right? Because you got to appreciate me because it's the month to do so. It's a good month to do it then. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is no time to be comfortable with coming into church 10 and 15 minutes late. And before everybody else throws up their hand, let me notice the general consensus is starting to come in later. Because I'd still try to get here an hour before. And a lot of times, we're just a very few of us by ourselves till it's getting 15 minutes till. Hear me? What that means is this. We're just becoming comfortable. It's okay. I'm just getting comfortable, Sister McGee. God doesn't expect me to raise my hands like you used to raise your hands. I'm 60 some odd years old. But God, I'm just gonna do what I can. God be all right with this. I'm just gonna get comfortable. Don't worry about moving on me, Lord. Just go on by. I've learned how to live right where I'm at in the flow of everything. And we can still live for you and serve you and live in this land and still be called the people of Judah. And we'll just do whatever we can do to get by. Hallelujah. Bless. Let me tell you, you are nothing more but accepting a devil's lie of hell. You were not created for that. You were not created for that. That is not the action. That is not the mentality of a child of God. You need to stand to your feet, raise your voice, clap your hands, holler out to God because the deliverer is among us. Don't bind the hand of the deliverer. I'm no better than they were of Jesus' day. We fall prey. I can be explicit enough to say we fall and pray. Someone say amen. No, don't. Don't be bind in the hand of the one that can deliver you. Israel's not crying out right now. Things are not as they should be, but they're not crying out. It's not like it should be, but they're not even lifting their voice about the calamity. No, they just learned how to get by. Learned how to make it. Why well, he's lifting up a voice? 
of concern. Judah's become complacent. Judah's become apathetic. They got 3,000 strong. 3,000 strong. Only about 1,000 Philistines. But they're saying, whatever you want, whatever you would like, just let us live here. We don't want to trouble you. We don't want to be at odds. They would rather be at odds with their deliverer than they would their captain. You know why? Because Jesus often did in Scripture, when people walked away, he allowed them to walk. He still loved them, still cared for them. But he wasn't incarcerating them and forcing them against their human nature. He let them walk. But you know what we have a problem with our captor about? So when we start to buck against him, he fights back. And we get frustrated with the fight. And it's easier to leave the one that can deliver us than it is to leave the one who has us in captivity. Someone say amen. John Milton, his story concerning this poem, really concerning Samson, several, several stanzas, quite a lengthy poem. He states this concerning this time frame of Genesis 15. He said, had Judah that day joined or won while tribe, they had by this possess the powers of Gath and lorded over them whom now they serve. But what more often nations go grown corrupt by their vices brought to servitude than to love bondage more than liberty. Bondage with ease than strenuous liberty. John Milton was saying they came to a place that with Samson and their power they could have turned the tide. But instead they loved their bondage more than they did their liberty. Their ease and bondage than fighting for their liberty. See, the condition of Samson was this. He didn't want them to fight against him because he didn't want to have to fight against them. He didn't want them fighting against him because he didn't want to have to fight against them. He knew what he could have done to that tribe of Judah. He knew that they would have even been easy prey for the Philistines. But the mindset of Samson was this. I'll sacrifice myself before I fight against the people that are supposed to be in saddle with me. I'll sacrifice myself before I war against them. The God of heaven, Christ in the New Testament did the same thing. He sacrificed himself before he warred against the Jews. And in today's age, it's still the same. You know what he's doing? He'll say, I'll take it. I'll take it. Before I put the pressure and put all the agony and put all, before I put all, I'll take, what he wants us to do is come to a recognition. Come to a recognition that we've just grown comfortable. We've grown content. We're okay. We, when this first began, we didn't like it where we are, but we've been here long enough that we're okay. We're okay with it. I'm satisfied. It's okay. There's nothing wrong. I know it might be a difference in what it used to be, but that's okay. That's all right. Motor now. I'm a mature Christian now. It's okay. That's all right. 
We got, we got, we got decent musicians. We have a decent pastor. All that's grand and fine, and, and that's good. And we have new people show up every once in a while. That's great. We're okay. That's fine. It's all right. No. We've bound the hand of our deliverer. Bound the hand of the one that can set us free. Bound the hand of the one that can turn the tide. Bound the head of the one that can fan the flames. Bound the Someone say amen. Hallelujah. If you stand with me this morning. Judah, you were normally described as going first into battle. Judah, you were. Not today. Not today. We just want to bind the hands of the one that can help us. We want to just bind the hands of the one that can help us. If we can close our eyes across this place. <laughs> Folks, this is where really the rubber meets the road, and it's at this, it's at this juncture. It is, one thing, it is one thing to hear words like this spoken, to hear it preached. It's one thing to hear it preached. And it's one thing to nod ahead or put up a hand and a hand clap. Yeah, that's right. It's a whole other measure. Listen, I've lived long enough. It's a whole other measure to put into practice what's been conveyed here today. Because the Judah mentality will say, you know what, that sounds like a great idea. That's a great idea. Yeah, I've never thought about that. Take it up, fold it, and put it in your back pocket just to settle. Never to be brought up again. But I'm challenging us as a church today that you would pluck off the ropes you've put on your deliverer. You would cut asunder the bindings and the bondages you put on your deliverer and what that means is this we're going to war what that means is this we're going to battle oh I despise battle I despise it well I would too if we were working for some type of ploy of negativity but we're not and we're standing with one that God has ordained to be the deliverer and so we stand in essence with the majority because God and us make that we need to go forward Oh, I haven't fought in a while, but McGee, that's okay. You need to get your fighting. You need to get your fighting gear back on. Get your armor back on. Fight, fight for being at church. Fight for prayer. Fight for fasting. Fight for worship. Fight for leaning in when the songs are being sung. Fight for being a backer and a, and a propagator of the word of God. Fight, 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 fight. Don't sit on your laurels. Don't settle on your laurels. Don't get content. Don't get satisfied. Don't buy into the alibi of your adversary. Don't coexist in peace with them. Fight. The Bible speaks in New Testament scripture that we were called as good soldiers. And there are many other places in scripture that we were called as soldiers or that we were called into war or into weaponry. If this wasn't meant to be a fight, he would have never put us in those type of terms. This is a war that we're in. And it's not, it's not soon over, folks. Rapture day is and we're going to be fighting until he comes. And then we're going to have a grand fight one of these days with him as the king of hosts. But if you're not willing to fight, you're going to be willing to coexist and make peace in a pact with your adversary. 
These altars are open this morning. I know we don't have music, and that's fine, and that's okay, because God's spirit is here. God laid this on my heart last night. I wrestled in my bed with this, but I'm here this morning declaring what I feel like God's laid up on my spirit. We got to go to war. We got to go to fight. Don't you dare. Don't you dare be writing up no contract. Don't you dare just say, well, we're just going with the ease and the flow. Listen, sometimes you got to swim upstream, and I think it's time we just go on and do some swimming upstream. Let the water, amen, flail every way. We got to do some swimming up. I am not going to bind the hand of my deliverer. That is absurd. That is absurd. What in the world would we be even thinking to do such a thing? I want the presence of the Lord, the power of the Lord. I don't want to be binding that. I want to see the miraculous and the might of God. I don't want to be binding that. I want to seem to break out on the left hand or on the right hand. I don't want to be binding that up. God, have your way. Have your way. These altars are open today. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.